Shalom and welcome to the Jewish mind where the growth of modernity meets the timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. This Shabbat, July 9th, 2016, is the third day of the Jewish calendar month of Tammuz, which is the Hilula, the Yardzeit, anniversary of the day of passing of the Rebbe of Blessed Memory. I therefore want to dedicate this lecture to the Rebbe in exploring what a Rebbe is in the teachings of Chabad and to a special initiative of the Rebbe to revitalize the commandment of Hakel in our times. As always, the Jewish mind is dedicated to having modernity meet with Judaism. And the issue of modernity that we will deal with in this lecture is to experience a wholesomeness that can only be experienced through the inner congruency of self. What makes human beings so unique is that unlike any other creature, including celestial beings such as angels, the human being is the only creature that can experience inner conflict and paradoxical yearnings. The mind and the heart of a human being seem to be literally pitted against each other. Within the heart itself, there are conflicting emotions. And all of this leads to the human being experiencing a sort of fracturing of self in which inner congruency, inner peace, and wholesomeness are denied. This lecture will bring the light and guidance of Judaism into how to recapture the wholesomeness of the human soul. However, first, some introductions are necessary. In Deuteronomy, Moses relates to the Jewish people one of the last of the 613 commandments. It is the commandment of Hakel, gathering. Here is the way the commandment is given in the verses. I quote the verses. Then Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, at an appointed time in the festival of Sukkot, after the year of release, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God in the place he will choose, you shall read this Torah before all Israel in their ears. Assemble the people, the men, the women, and the children, and your stranger in your cities, in order that they hear and in order that they learn and fear the Lord your God. And they will observe to do all the words of this Torah. And their children who did not know will hear and learn to fear the Lord your God. All the days that you live on the land to which you are crossing the Jordan to possess. That's how the verses in the Torah explain this mitzvah. Maimonides, in his magnum opus, Mishneh Torah, gives a clear description of what the commandment is and how it was performed. I will read to you the some laws in which he describes exactly how it took place. Law number one. It is a positive commandment of the 248 positive commandments and the 365 prohibitions to gather together the entire Jewish people, men, women, and children, after every sabbatical year, 
when they ascend for the pilgrimage holiday and to read so that they hear passages from the Torah that encourage them to perform mitzvot and strengthen them in the true faith, as Deuteronomy states, at the end of a seven-year period, at the time of the sabbatical year on the Sukkot holiday, when all Israel come to appear, gather the nations, the men, the women, the children, and your stranger in your gates. That's law number one. When would they read? On the day following the first day of the holiday of Sukkot, which is the first day of Chal HaMoed of the eighth year. The king would read so the people would hear. The reading was held in the woman's courtyard of the holy temple. He would read while seated. If he read while standing, it is praiseworthy. From which passage in the Torah should he read? He starts from the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy. These are the words. Until the end of the passage, Shema. He then skips to the passage, Vahaya Im Shemoa, and then skips to the passage, Aser Ta Aser. He then reads from the passage in order until the end of the blessings and curses. Until the phrase, besides the covenant he established with them in Chorev, where he concludes. That's law number three. How is the reading conducted? Trumpets are sounded throughout Jerusalem to gather the people. A large wooden platform is brought and set up in the center of the woman's courtyard of the Holy Temple. The king ascends and sits on it so that they will be able to hear his reading. All of the Jewish people who made the festive pilgrimage gather around him. The attendant of the synagogue would take the Torah scroll and give it to the head of the synagogue. He would give it to the deputy, who would give it to the high priest, who would give it to the king. The transfer involved many people as an expression of respect. The king accepts the scroll while standing. If he desires, he may sit when reading. He opens it, looks at it, and recites the blessing like anyone who is reading the Torah in a synagogue. He reads a passage mentioned in the previous law until he completes them. He rolls the scroll, closes, closed and recites the blessing afterwards as it is done in synagogues. He adds seven blessings which are and then Maimonides goes on to list the seven blessings. That's in law number four. Now for our lecture we should know that the commandment of Hakel was performed A. Once in seven years, the year after the sabbatical year. B. Only in the times of the holy temple. And C was performed by the king. This Jewish calendar year of 5776, which coincides with the year 2015-16, is the year after sabbatical year. And thus, this year is a year of Hakel. Throughout the history of the Jewish people in exile, the commandment of Hakel was studied. And on the year of Hakel, some would commemorate the commandment in some fashion or another. However, the Rebbe of Blessed Memory started an initiative of revitalizing the entire concept of the year of Hakel, in which the entire year of Hakel is used to create gatherings of Jewish people together. In this lecture, we will explore the mystical reason of why the commandment of Hakel is performed by the king of the Jewish people, and as well, we will explore the microscopic spiritual performance of the commandment of Hakel within each and every one of us.
The Torah commands the Jewish people that when they settle in the land of Israel, they shall appoint upon themselves a king. Historically, the Jewish people didn't fulfill this commandment for many generations after they came into the land of Israel, until the times of Samuel the prophet, when the Jewish people asked Samuel to appoint for them a king, and Samuel appointed Saul as king of the Jewish people. Let us look into the book of Samuel to gain insight into why the Jewish form of government was to be one of monarchy. The verse introduces Saul's lineage until his father, Kish, that was the name of his father, Kish, and then goes on to say, and I quote the verse, And he had a son whose name was Saul. He was young and handsome, there being no one of the children of Israel handsomer than he. From his shoulders and upwards, he was taller than any of the people. In the teachings of Kabbalah and Hasidus, the closing description of Saul being, quote, from his shoulders and upwards he was taller than any of the people, end quote, gives us the depth of the mystical reason behind having a king. Shoulders represent the emotions, and what the verse is telling us on a mystical level is that the capacity of Saul's emotions, the shoulders, was greater than even the intellect, the head, of any of the people. Thus the mystical position of a king is that he has a higher conscious capacity than any other person and his job is to rule and to connect the people with this higher potency of conscience. We find this with the very first king of the Jewish people, Moses, who is called a king. When the Jewish people heard that God was giving, going to give them the Torah, the Ten Commandments through Moses, they said that they want to receive the Torah directly from God, and God agreed. However, when God started speaking directly to all the Jewish people, they came running to Moses and, I'll quote the verse, they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear, but let God not speak with us lest we die, end quote. The Jewish people did not have the capacity of conscience necessary for them to be able to hear God directly. And therefore they went to Moses, their king, and asked him to be the one, being that he was the higher conscious capacity of the Jewish people. Moses himself later retells the episode in Deuteronomy that, and I quote the verse, And I stood between the Lord and you at that time to tell you the word of the Lord, for you were afraid of the fire, and you did not go up on the mountain, end quote. This is the primary mystical purpose and position of king of the Jewish people. Let us explore this issue further. However, first I want to share the teaching that the entire Jewish people in each generation are seen as one being and the king is seen as the head of this one being. And amongst the Jewish people in every generation, there are all the different elements of that one being, the one entirety of a human being. So in short, in every generation, all the Jewish people of that generation make up one human body, one human being, and the king is the head. The human brain has been described as having three primary parts, the brain stem, the limbic system, and the frontal executive lobe. Simply speaking, in general, 
the brainstem controls all the functions of the body. The limbic system is where the emotions of the persons are controlled. And the frontal lobe is where the higher thinking takes place. Thus, the brain of the body is where the function and the needs of each and every organ individually are felt, nurtured, and controlled. Additionally, this is where the emotions of a person is generated, felt, and controlled. However, in the human being, the greatest gift is that of the higher intelligence. I don't mean this just on the spiritual level, but on the practical and simple physical level as one as well. We rely on our frontal lobe to guide us through survival and for a better way of living. It is in our frontal lobe where we learn about nutrition, self-awareness, etc. We can view the relationship between the frontal lobe of the brain and the body, and here I am including the brain stem and the limbic system as part of the body, as that of a horse and its rider. The horse's experience is constantly of survival and its primary reaction to anything is fight or flight. When the horse is walking and it hears a rustling in the bushes, its first reaction is one of fear that there is a predator lurking there. And its first response is that of fight or flight, and most often it is flight. However, throughout its relationship with its rider, it develops a trust in the higher intelligence capacity of its rider and learns to rely on the calmness of its rider to tell it whether it is just a harmless rabbit or whether it truly is a dangerous predator. Additionally, even if it is a dangerous predator, the horse allows for the rider to guide its response in how to deal with it rather than reacting only through its own fight or flight reflexes. In great measure, this gives us insight into the mystical concept of a king and the relationship that exists between the king of the Jewish people and the Jewish people. This is the Chabad Hasidic understanding of a Rebbe, which in Hebrew is the acronym of Rosh B'nai Yisrael. Resh Bet Yud spells Rebbe. Rosh B'nai Yisrael, which means head of the children of Israel in which the word head is not just perceived, perceived as leadership, but as literally the higher conscious brain of the one being dimension of the Jewish people of that generation. I am not, God forbid, comparing the rest of the Jewish people to the horse. Rather, in greater measure, what is being said here is that the limited capacity of the Jewish people which caused them to come running to Moses and say, you speak with us and we will hear, but let God not speak with us lest we die, is the same capacity that keeps us stuck within the self-centered reactionary view of survival, our fight or flight instinct paradigm of life. And as it carries itself through our paradigm of a seemingly paradoxical existence between the physical and the spiritual realities. In this sense, we turn to Moses to guide us through his higher conscious paradigm of the truth of the unity between the physical and spiritual realities to empower us to overcome our fight or flight instinct and to instead hear what is the will of God for me to do in this situation. Let us now apply this to the commandment of Hakel. 
The verse tells us that the purpose of the gathering of Hakel is, and I'll quote again the verse, and in order that they learn and fear the Lord your God, and they will observe to do all the words of this Torah. Thus the commandment of Hakel is to strengthen our learning of God, our fear of God, and our observance of God's Torah and its commandments. The deeper sense of this strengthening is that we are a people, we as a people, be taken to a higher conscious which comes to us through the king, through the brain, through the frontal lobe of the brain of our one beingness as a generation body. Once again, it is us standing at Mount Sinai asking Moses to bring us the higher conscious capacity of hearing God speak to us. However, in truth, we are compelled to explore further into what a king to his people is as it expresses itself in the commandment of Hakel. You see, the commandment of Hakel is unique in that it embodies each and every Jew as the verse commands us, assemble the people, the men, the women, and the children. The men, the women, and the children are each to simultaneously gather together to simultaneously hear the very same words from the king. The brain does not function this way with the body. There are different cells of the brain that connects with and directs different organs and functions within the body. Even concerning Moses bringing the word of God to the Jewish people at Mount Sinai, God directed Moses to speak separately and differently to the men and to the women. Yet here, uniquely so, the greatest scholar and the simplest person, the adult and the child, they are all to gather together and the king is to simultaneously tell them the same thing in the same manner through which they will each be imbued with, elevated and transformed into a whole new experience of learning God, fearing God, and being committed to God's Torah and commandments. How is the king to accomplish this? To understand this, we must explore a different dimension of the king, which is expresses itself in Jewish law concerning the commandments that are performed for the Jewish people by the king, and how this dimension of the king is explained in Kabbalah and Hasidus. His heart is the heart of the entire congregation of Israel. That is a quote that is said about the king. The king does not only serve as the brain of the Jewish people's generation, one beingness of one body. Rather, the king also serves as the heart of the Jewish people of his generation. Let us explore what Kabbalah and Hasidus say about the difference between the brain and the heart. The job of the brain is to communicate with each organ at its own level, tending to the needs, functions, and growth of each organ according to its uniqueness within the body. The heart, however, is not so. The heart deals with each and every organ and cell at the to be or not to be is the question. The function of the heart is to bring oxygen through the blood to each and every cell of the body. On this level, every cell of the body and every organ of the body are equal, have the same need, and speak the same language. 
on the deepest of levels here is where the entire body truly becomes one being this is what the depths of the commandment of hakel is in which the very to be or not to be of the jewish people is being addressed and therefore this can only be done through the king of the Jewish people, not as the king is the brain and higher frontal lobe conscious of the people, but as the king is the higher heart conscious of the people. Thus, this commandment of Hakel is as the Jewish people gather together, men, the scholar, simpleton, and everyone in between, women and children, and simultaneously hear the very same words from the king, the higher heart conscious of the people. I want to speak specifically of our Rebbe now for a moment. One of the rare qualities of the Rebbe is that the Rebbe addressed many times throughout the year gatherings of men, gatherings of women, and gatherings of children. With each group, the Rebbe would speak differently connecting to each group of audiences on their level. So too within one Fabrengen, which is a Hasidic gathering, the Rebbe would have one talk in the depths of Kabbalah, another in the vast ocean of the Talmud and Maimonides, yet another in the simple meaning of Rashi's commentaries, and then there would be the talk upon contemporary world news, and yet another one on the security issues of the land of Israel. One could say that this was the brain connecting with, tending to, and talking with each organ of the Jewish body in its own language. However, what was truly uniquely amazing was to see the Rebbe as he served as the heart of the Jewish people. Every Sunday morning, the Rebbe would stand for hours and give each and every Jew that passed before him a dollar to be given to charity. And most often, it was accompanied by the same blessing of bracha vatzlacha, blessings and success. Other examples would be such as before Yom Kippur, the Rebbe would give to each and every Jew, men, women, and children, a piece of honey cake and wish each and every one of them for a good and sweet year. L'shana tova Then there was at the end of holidays, after the grace after meals over a cup of wine, the Rebbe would stand for hours and pour from his cup some wine of the cup of blessings. That's what the cup of wine over which the grace of meals is made is called. Cup of blessings. Kos Shabracha. And the Rebbe would stand for hours and pour from his cup some wine into the cup of each and every man that passed before him. These amazing moments were moments of which the heart of our generation would gather together all the organs and cells of the Jewish people of our generation and equally nurture us on our souls to be or not to be level, imbuing us with the most fundamental learning of God, fear of God, and connection and commitment to God. This Shabbat, the Hilula day of the Rebbe, I, together with hundreds of thousands of our generation, will gather together at the Rebbe's Ohel, that's the burial place, either in person or through email or fax, to be touched by the heart of our people who unites us all as equally one. In closing, just as there is the global macroscopic halakel of our people, 
there is also the individual microscopic hakil of self in which we must gather together all the component components of self and bring wholesomeness upon ourselves. I will leave all the long series of psychological therapy for this to the psychologist. Rather, I want to share with you Judaism's one session, one moment path to experience inner peace and wholesomeness. While our brain focuses on the individuality of each and every part of our metaphysical being, the heart focuses on the sameness, equality, and unity of each and every part of our metaphysical being. The greatest of minds cannot bring true inner peace and wholesomeness to itself, while the simplest of hearts can. The practical step to inner peace and wholesomeness is to set aside periodically, best if done daily for a short period of time, but either way, to set aside periodically and humbly perform a gathering of self, to quiet down the mighty mind, and to humbly open up to the quiet blessings and success of the higher heart conscience. Yes, practically, meditate in humble silence. Stop talking to God and instead listen to God. To exponentially empower this experience, when you finish the meditation, send an email with your name and your mother's name to be placed at the burial site of the Rebbe known as the Ohel. The email address for notes to be placed at the Ohel is ohel at ohelchabad.org. That's O-H-E-L at O-H-E-L c-h-a-b-a-d dot org friends modernity offers growth and growth comes with challenges judaism offers timeless divine solutions we at the jewish mind is where modernity meets judaism <laughs>